Dare to Date, the podcast that's about dating, love and relationships. I'm Debbie Rivers and I'm a relationship expert with a decade experience working with singles and couples and I want to say I'm obsessed with having the bigger conversations when it comes to relationships, the ones that make a difference and in this podcast you're going to find tips, tricks and hacks to improve your love life. Today I'm going to talk about the spark, that magic elusive feeling everyone's looking for. When I talk to singles, they're looking to feel something they haven't before. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. We're all chasing that magic feeling of falling in love. You only have to listen to the language of falling in love or being crazy in love or being madly, deeply in love. They all talk about us getting, you know, is something that's out of our control. Now, in the Western world, we're really logical. We're really based in our head a lot of the time. So we really want something to just blow us away, you know, that we feel something that we just can't deny. So I want to talk about, I'm going to get a bit dorky and we'll talk about the meaning of chemistry and the meaning of the spark. So chemistry, the definition is that romantic spark. <laughs> Not really that strong, right? Whereas the term spark in the context of a relationship is quite vague and not really useful. In fact, the spark means intangible, unspoken and energetic. Wow. <laughs> so it's something that you really can't find. It's something that you can't see. You know, and I think that's why a lot of us think that love is magical. And you can't blame us. We all... You know, whether you're a boy or whether you're a girl, you've grown up with fairy tales, with happily ever after. If you're the boy, you're going to be the prince that rescues the damsel in distress. And if you're the girl, you're waiting to be rescued by your knight in shining armour. So, and then we move on to rom-coms where we see people just meeting by chance that they're, you know, have this wonderful lineup of magical events. So they're together. So that's what we're all looking for. And like I say, we're all looking to feel something that we haven't felt before. So I want to talk about that spark. And I want to talk about some myths around the spark that could be stopping you in your search to find the very thing that you're looking for. So the first myth or misconception about the spark is that it's instant and that it can't grow over time. You know, this whole way of thinking that you either have it or you don't have it. Now, that's absolutely not true. And I'm not just basing that on my opinion. There's research to prove that. There was a study that looked at couples and how they fell in love. And the results found only 11% fell in love at first sight. You know, that they met someone and they knew because they knew. The other 89% of people didn't. You know, they, they had um, the feeling grew, you know, it was more of a slow burn. In fact, you know, like I say all the time, I'm a little bit obsessed by having some of the bigger conversations around love and around relationships. And when I talk to people, they often tell me that they didn't even like the person that they were with when they first met them. Interesting, right? So, what they said is over time, they saw someone that they really liked, they really valued, they really respected, and they ended up together. 
And I see that all the time. So, you know, it's no wonder that people still meet through work or they meet through sporting groups, social clubs, any of those types of things. Because what happens is people get to know people over time and you get to see people interacting. You get to see what they value, what they like, who they are under pressure. And, you know, it's a really slow burn that works and a chemistry that will grow into a really strong and healthy connection. And, you know, this whole thinking that it has to be an instant thing really does go against you. Now, the second myth I want to talk about is that if you feel the spark, it's a good thing. <laughs> now, I'm sure you've had intense chemistry or attraction for someone that was quite bad for you, that was quite toxic, that it just didn't work out. And often we're drawn to people, you know, we're drawn to people who are a match for us. So, you know, we always seem to find a soulmate. But if we're coming from a wounded, hurt place, we're likely to get a wounded, hurt relationship. You, healing some of the wounds of the past or even feeling good and having good self-esteem is more likely to get you a good, healthy relationship. And, you know, you could have this wonderful you know, chemistry with someone that's just not right for you. And I, I know that most people have done that at one point or another in their lives. And look, don't blame yourself even for that. It's, it's pretty normal. And the reason why is the effect that chemistry and that spark has on your brain. Now, it's called chemistry for a reason. When you get that feeling, it's a result of all of these chemicals being released. They kind of literally spurt in your brain. You know, there's serotonin, there's dopamine, there's oxytocin. And there's another one which I can't think of that comes to mind. And it feels so good. And that's the feeling that we're looking for, that nothing else matters. And when it comes to the person that we like, we can overlook anything about them. In fact, often we see it and we go, oh, no, but this feels so good. This feels so good. It doesn't matter. And, you know, it, it literally <laughs> shuts down any rational judgment that you can have, but only in relation to that person. And that's why often your friends and family are a better judge or gauge to whether it's someone that's good for you. Now, the other thing is you can feel spark a spark with people who are really sparky. <laughs> you know, those people that just give a pang of excitement to a lot of people. Now, maybe it's because they're those highly, highly attractive people that everyone likes, or maybe because it's charming. Now, I often see this with players or narcissists. They're really focused on making someone like them and they're very skilled in being able to do it. So they're actually skilled in creating chemistry and creating attraction. But like I said, just because you have it, it doesn't mean it's a good thing. Now, the third myth I want to talk about is, you know, it, it can be due, due to attachment theory and, and the way we are attached to people. And, you know, sometimes for people, it's easy to infuse anxiety for chemistry. And so that what's actually going on is when you're worried that they're, whether they like you, whether you're worried, whether they're going to call you back, you know, will they, won't they, do they like me, don't they? 
or you know where you feel like you're good enough but not quite so you're in this relationship where you're continuing having to prove that you're worthwhile continue having to prove that you're lovable okay there's something addictive about that and it's it's almost like a a roller coaster you have these massive highs and these lows massive highs and lows that you get addicted to it's a bit like gambling we get addicted to the intermittent rewards where we don't know what's going to happen for us it's very sexy but it, it doesn't prove for a healthy wonderful relationship and one where you know you're going to have your needs met it's all about the excitement and looking for that excitement and that fix is not the best indicator. You know, it's more likely to be a, a sign that they're just not making you feel clear on how they feel about you. So, you know, often in that case, it's not even a viable relationship. I, I love some of the work Ken Page does in deeper dating. He talks about uh, relationships of deprivation where it's very sexy when we're with someone that we're always proving ourselves, those roller coaster relationships, yet they don't bring the happiness that we're looking for. But on the flip side, the relationships of inspiration, they're a much healthier, much more even relationship where you feel loved, where you feel heard, you feel understood, and you also feel like the person is inspiring you to be the best version of yourself. It's, it's really healthy and it's really wonderful. And when you're in that type of relationship, it's the best, I can tell you. It makes, it makes everything better. Now, the other thing that people can get caught up in is the story of how they met. <laughs> you know, that whole serendipity, that whole magic of, okay, all of these events had to occur in a certain order for us just to meet. It was meant to be, you're my soulmate, you're my person. And, you know, often they can lose track of what the relationship's actually ending up like because they're so caught up in the story of what was meant to be. Now, you know, how you meet has really 0.0% of your relationship. You know, it doesn't determine whether you're going to be successful. It doesn't determine how long that relationship's going to last. So my advice, guys, <laughs> and excuse me for swearing, fuck the spark and instead go for the slow burn. So when I say that, don't get me wrong, attraction is important. You're not going to end up in a relationship with someone you're not attracted to. But this whole chasing, this instant chemistry and this instant attraction is what isn't working for people in the modern dating world because they're not getting a chance to get to know who the person is and what they're like. In fact, most of the choices are being made on superficial characteristics, superficial traits, and you know maybe they're not even getting to a date or they're not getting to a second date because people aren't making that good first impression because they're trying to, you know, they're trying too hard, you know, or you know, we're treating jobs, uh, you know, dating like a job interview. It doesn't bring out the best in people. You know, as we've seen, only 11% of people know instantly and know that they know. Most other people, it takes time to build 
And look, I've said this before, I think guys are more likely to know sooner. You know, they know after a couple of dates, whereas women take a lot longer to know. So trying to make this instant decision on superficial criteria is what works against you. Now, I say this all the time, I'm a fan of meeting multiple ways. You don't have to put your eggs in one basket. I believe online dating is a great tool when used the right way. And I do teach people how to do that. But, you know, a lot of people are just too superficial. The top of their funnel is not wide enough, particularly women. Now, a lot of guys are bad daters. They don't have a good profile up online. They often don't have good pictures. Yet, I've had so many stories of people that have met people face-to-face -face when they've seen their profile go, God, I never choose you online. So you've got to expand that scope and you, you've got to kind of know how online dating works. You know, there's a lot of factors that go against you, but when you're aware of them, you can, you know, have a strategy to deal with them. So there is the, the rejection mindset that, you know, once we sit there with our app, we, we straight away start to rule out 27% of the people, you know, thinking that, you know, the profiles get less interesting as we go through, thinking that we'll reject them so they don't reject us. So you're missing out on some really great people because the top of your funnel isn't wide enough. And look, there are so many good singles out there. I want to tell you that not all the good singles are taken. So this over-reliance on the spark and chemistry is stopping you seeing what's really good for you out there. And, you know, there, you can create, you know, intimacy and love will follow. So you can get to know someone and build that connection with a slow burn. So guys, it's time to change the way we, the way we go about dating because you still can create that wonderful slow burn of attraction. But you do need compatibility and someone that's ready to commit. And, and compatibility, again, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, you're going to have this amazing chemistry with someone that's simply not compatible for you, that it's just not going to work. Not a great idea either, because all that will do will cause you heartache and pain. You know, if you're not on the same page and you want the same things, and I'm not talking the superficial stuff like we like mini golf or we like Marvel comics or I'm into um, chilies, whatever the thing is. I'm talking about your values. You know, you want the same things in life. You've got the same values around family and about your kids and that's going to work out for you. You know, you, if, if you've got kids together, you can blend that. If, if you've got goals that they, they match each other, the big ticket items, know what you value and know what you value in a relationship because that's the stuff that can pull you apart. But it's stuff people don't take time to look at in the early days and especially when they're carried away with the chemistry. Now, when I do coach people, I help them work through some of this stuff so they've got a clear idea. It's almost like setting a GPS to get you where you need to go so you don't end up somewhere you didn't want to because that can cause all manner of pain and heartache. So let's do a little bit of a recap. 
I think that when we want chemistry or we want that elusive spark, what we're looking for is something to take us out of control and us to feel something, you know, that we just fall in love, that we can just go with it. And, you know, it's almost like it feels like it's meant to be. However, because we established that, you know, possibly only 11% feel this instantly, you could be missing out on the right person for you because you're applying the wrong criteria to it. Now, I talked about a funnel earlier, but I didn't explain what a funnel was. Now, in marketing, they use this funnel method. So they have a really wide, if you look at a standard funnel that you use for anything, it's got a wide top and then it comes down narrow. So the, the idea is to let as many people into the top of your funnel. And then as they go down the funnel, you qualify them. But what most people are doing when they come into dating is they've got a very narrow top and then they qualify more and more and more. So there's very few people that meet their criteria. Now in marketing in the funnel, maybe you've got 10 people that go into the top and only one buys your services. And you know, I know a lot of people get quite depressed when they're out there dating because they might meet so many people that are wrong. They might, <laughs> they might go on 90 dates before they find their good person or, you know, they might go on nine good dates before they find that one good date. If you know that, you know, at the beginning while you're letting people into your funnel, there will be a lot of people that don't meet your criteria. I do recommend doing dating a little bit differently, that you don't waste a lot of time talking online, that you meet the person, that you give them a chance, attraction can grow. So, you know, sometimes you meet people and it's just a no. And who knows why that is? Because again, it is untangible in some regards, but there's other people where it could be possible. So, you know, if, you, if it doesn't grow after three dates, it's not worth pursuing. But give people a little bit more of a chance rather than having that really superficial criteria that you're missing out on 90% of the people. And in missing out on 90%, you're missing out on some of those people that would be perfect for you. Remember all the stories that I told you in the beginning of this podcast to how people didn't even like each other when they first met, but as they got to know each other, that changed. And the spark of attraction did happen. So this whole notion of an instant spark, it doesn't work for us. Same with those, you know, really uh, toxic, sparky relationships that are quite addictive. And, you know, the, the final one is, you know, the, those on again, off again, roller coaster type relationships. So just be aware of that. And, you know, like I said, we do want, I know that people will come to me and they go, look, if you could just me find my person, it would be okay. But for the most part, it, I, I know from experience that they might even meet the person that's perfect for you and rule them out because they haven't had a chance to get to know them. So I'll wrap up the podcast here because I could talk about this stuff for a lot. When I work with people, I help them get the results that they deserve. I help them with a plan, with a strategy, but I also help them with some of the, the patterns that aren't working, the patterns that they're bringing forward, the stories they're telling themselves. Because, you know, I want to say it's not that you're not good enough. It's not that you're not enough. It, it's not any of those things. 
often we've been hurt before so we'll promise ourselves well I'm never going to let that happen again but some of those stories are the very thing that's stopping you from opening your heart again and, and being vulnerable to the right person you know the other thing that we can do is we can be quite wounded by relationships and we can take those wounds forward and end up bleeding all over someone that didn't cause us the pain in the first place you know I do work with people to you know be in the right place to be able to let love and a relationship in so they don't carry that hurt forward and you know sometimes we, we think we're sorted until we get in a relationship and, and we realize that we're not so working with a relationship coach has so many facets to it and you know for the most part it will have you living your best life that will affect every area of your life and not just dating and relationships anyway I hope whatever you're doing today you're kind to yourself and I look forward to chatting next week thank you